stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So we just caught the tail into some of this drama as we were going off the air yesterday, but it turned out to be a very eventful and uncomfortable day for the U.S. President Donald Trump. Not just two of his close confidants being found guilty, one being found guilty by a jury, the other entering his own guilty pleas, both on eight charges. So not only two close confidants uh, convicted of criminal behavior, but one of them, Michael Cohen, his former lawyer and fixer, implicating the president in a criminal conspiracy. If you missed it, here's a brief recount from ABC's Janai Norman. Longtime personal attorney and fixer Michael Cohen, who once said he'd take a bullet for Donald Trump, pleading guilty to illegally paying hush money to silence two women who claimed to have had sex with the president, telling a judge he was working in coordination and at the direction of a candidate for federal office. Cohen's lawyer, Lanny Davis, telling MSNBC. It was a crime for President Trump to direct Michael Cohen to the crime of a campaign finance donation that exceeded the legal limitations. 11 days before the election, he paid off porn star Stormy Daniels, who claimed she had a one-night stand with Trump. So that, I think, is the more damaging bit of information. The Paul Manafort stuff, I, I think, is pretty awkward for the president, too. But, but this is where it gets into the realm of a serious development. Is the president, is any politician above the law? And if not, what are the ramifications? There are differences of opinion on whether a U.S. president, a sitting U.S. president, can be indicted. Most would say probably not. And then perhaps then any further consequences are are in the realm of what's political. And even impeachment is inherently a political process. But is the criminal, is this criminal conspiracy entrap the uh, president here? And if so, what should happen next? Now, this, of course, is all a byproduct of the ongoing uh, special counsel investigation by Robert Mueller. Uh, And the fact that we now have criminal convictions of two more individuals suggests that, again, this is not uh, anything even remotely close to a witch hunt. This was interesting. An ad put out today by a group calling itself Republicans for the Rule of Law. The entire thing has been a witch hunt. This is a pure and simple witch hunt. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn pled guilty. Trump campaign advisor Rick Gates pleaded guilty. It's a total witch hunt. Trump campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos pleaded guilty. The entire thing has been a witch hunt. Paul Manafort found guilty on eight counts. President Donald Trump's personal attorney Michael Cohen pleading guilty. The Mueller investigation is not a witch hunt. Stop the attacks on the special counsel. Okay, so, I mean, it's clearly not. Obviously, we're talking about uh, criminal behavior that has been demonstrated beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law uh, and a guilty plea accepted by a federal court on federal crimes in which the accused was admitting to committing these crimes is saying that he did so at the behest of a president, of the candidate who is now the president. So did Donald Trump direct Michael Cohen to commit crimes? And what does that mean for his presidency? Again, there's a lot of politics involved here, but there's some important legal points uh, I wanted to go through. And joining us uh, to talk more about it, uh, someone who's been following this very closely has a lot of great insight. Uh, Kenneth White is a former federal prosecutor. He's a criminal defense uh, attorney in Los Angeles with, uh, with Brown 
White and Osborne. Uh, he was member is a member of the American Bar Association's White Collar Crime Committee. He also podcast. Of course, he is also behind the very popular website popat.com and tweets uh, under the handle at Popat. He's got a piece in today's New York Times, which you can read at nytimes.com. Uh, Ken White, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me. It's interesting. You have a piece today and you talk about kind of how at the heart of, of this this legal mess, or at least what happened yesterday, lies a, a whole lot of arrogance and stupidity. Well, sure. Uh, the There's the arrogance, the stupidity, and thinking that they could get away with this type of thing, and that's reflected in the clumsy way that the entire scheme was executed. Uh, I mean, when you're dealing with an attorney like Michael Cohen, who's somewhat flamboyant, and you're dealing with uh, going through a tabloid, and you're dealing with paying hush money to... Uh, you know, an adult actress and a Playboy playmate, then it does not seem to be a scenario that's designed to keep quiet. Right. So that, that even a, a careful, competent lawyer might might have some problems handling something like that. Well, sure. I mean, there's nothing inherently suspicious or tawdry about a confidentiality agreement or a non-disparagement agreement, mm-hmm. but this was done in a way to make it maximally tawdry and most likely to turn into a federal crime. Right. And and we're, we're in the realm here of federal crimes, which is why it seems so serious. And, and the aspects of the plea deal where Michael Cohen says that he's committing these federal crimes at the behest of the candidates, uh, i.e., Donald Trump. So help us understand how these these payments to porn stars and Playboy Playmates would constitute a campaign finance violation. Well, the idea is was that the purpose of these hush money payments was to assist then candidate Trump's campaign, that they weren't done to preserve Donald Trump's marriage. They weren't done to preserve his reputation in the abstract, but they were specifically calculated to help his campaign to prevent a October surprise that would hurt him and to allow him to achieve what he wanted, which was, which he'd got, which is the presidency. And so you can't make uh, campaign contributions and try to disguise them as just, oh, I'm just being nice to the person. It's purely coincidental that he's running for president right now. So what the charges said and what Cohen admitted to was that when the parent company of the National Enquirer paired off, uh, paid off Karen McDougal, and when he, Michael Cohen, uh, using his fraudulently obtained home equity line of credit, uh, paid off Stormy Daniels, they were doing it to help the president's campaign. And that's what makes it a campaign finance issue. So when the president, as he did today, attempts to parse uh, a difference, whether it's a difference w- without a distinction between money from the campaign or money from him, is, is, is that meaningful at all? Well, sure. I mean, Donald Trump can give to his own campaign uh, as much money as he wants, as long as he doesn't misreport it or lie about it. He could have paid off these women out of his own pocket, uh, but he didn't want to do that for obvious reasons, because it would reveal it and it would defeat the purpose of hush money. Uh, What makes this criminal is 
getting money from someone like American Media, the, the parent company of the National Enquirer, or from someone like Michael Cohen and evading either the limits on corporations being able to donate or the donation, um, the amount limitations on individuals. So uh, Mr. Cohen's $130,000 contribution quite substantially exceeded the $2,700 uh, limit we have. Ignorance of the law, of course, is, is no defense, but does it, does it seem as though, from, from your perspective, that those who were engaged in this scheme knew that it was uh, in direct conflict with campaign finance laws? Well, that's what Cohen admitted to, mm-hmm. and that's what he said the president knew and did. So there are campaign finance violations all the time. Past presidents, past presidential campaigns, successful and unsuccessful, have paid vast fines. Uh, former President Obama, uh, his campaign had to pay very large fines. What makes it criminal is when it's knowing and intentional and willful. And that's what uh, here, uh, what Cohen admitted. So typically, uh, the, the presidential candidate himself or herself is not in charge of the nitty-gritty exact numbers and details. They talk big picture. They may talk about who we want to go hit up for money, but they're not paying attention to you know, exactly what the numbers are and how they're being disclosed or reported. Much lower-level people do that. Here you have a situation, what makes it potentially criminal, is the accusation that the President of the United States, then just a candidate, himself specifically directed the decisions about how these transactions would be done to hide them and to keep these women secret. That's what makes it criminal. If, if Michael Cohen is, is making this up uh, or trying to drag the president in, in in order to help his own cause, does that make him any less guilty or any less culpable if he had simply gone in yesterday and said, I did this, uh, just me, nobody else? Would, would, would that have helped him at all? Does, does he have an interest here in, in lying about all of this? Well, and that's the notable thing, is that the part about the president knowing and being involved was completely gratuitous. Michael Cohen could have confessed to committing the crime without implicating the president. Uh, he could have said that I did this and I had the, the illegal intent. The fact that they had him say that the president knew shows us a couple of things. It shows that they wanted to lock Michael Cohen in. They didn't want him to pop up later fall on his sword and say, the president uh, knew nothing, it was all me. They wanted to stop him from being a witness for the president. And they also wanted to lock him in as a possible future cooperator, whether that's in legal proceedings like a grand jury testimony, or whether perhaps it's in congressional hearings, even impeachment hearings. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that, that could be down the road. Now, in terms of the, the immediate implications of this and the prosecutors in the Michael Cohen case, do, do they have any interest in, in the president? Can they subpoena him? Could the president even be indicted? The general consensus uh, in American law is that a sitting president can't be indicted. That's what most scholars think, and that's been the Department of Justice official policy since the 1970s. Could it be wrong? Yes. But the special counsel here, Robert Mueller, is very... Uh, straight-laced. He's a rule follower. I don't think he's one who would challenge that policy. So from the perspective of the person currently pursuing the president, I think the strategy is they have to get Congress to impeach him first before they go after him for anything else. 
I suppose the irony here is that if Donald Trump had lost the election, uh, Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort would probably be in the clear. Maybe one could even argue that had James Comey not been fired and a special counsel not not appointed, maybe these two would have been in the clear. Exactly. Well, you know, character is destiny. And uh, it may be that the character of the president and the people around him to get up to shenanigans and do foolish things is what... ultimately leads to their downfall. But you're right. Often uh, the, deci- the difference between someone who is successfully convicted of a federal crime and someone who isn't is who gets noticed and who doesn't. And uh, one of the scary things here that I think people are ignoring in all of this is how incredibly powerful federal prosecutors are and how easy it is for them to root through almost anybody's life and eventually find something they can use as a pressure point. Of course, when you're talking about the president, it's almost impossible to separate uh, the legal and political aspects. I mean, the question of the legal significance of yesterday, I I suppose that the the answer is partly political, or at least partisans and political actors are going to have a very political interpretation, aren't they? I would say it is primarily political, simply because the general consensus is that he cannot be indicted while he's sitting. And since the current special counsel will follow that consensus, then it is a political question. Will the Congress, as presently constituted or possibly has changed after the midterms, do anything about this? Uh, Or will they simply continue, as at least the congressional Republicans have to date, to chalk it up to the cost of doing business, the cost of uh, having a, a president who is pursuing at least some of their policies, and the price of power? And as you say, this was a byproduct of the special counsel's investigation, and, and there was nothing there yesterday specifically that had to do with, with Russia or collusion or, or any sort of Russia-related criminal conspiracy. Does it give us any hints or indication about where Mueller's investigation is going on that front? I don't know that it does. I think that certainly it shows that he's aware uh, that Michael Cohen is there. I think there's a sign of his influence in the fact that they got Cohen to admit uh, that the president was involved to, in fact, preserve him as a prosecution witness and prevent him from being a defense witness. But I think Mueller is um, not someone who rewards our current media climate and our current you know, nine or ten news cycles a day right. uh, circus. He, he continues to sort of plod along. Again, he's a somewhat traditional, straight-laced, button-down G-man. Uh, he, he goes according to uh, tradition, according to the plan, and he just goes at his own pace and gets there. And so he's not arranging things for publicity. He's not arranging things for what will make the most exciting news. And that, in a way, is much more dangerous uh, to the president and his followers. Very interesting. Uh, well, more from you in today's New York Times, nytimes.com. Uh, you're on Twitter, at PopeHat, PopeHat.com. And uh, we mentioned the podcast as well. People can find it at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Uh, some great insight here. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate this. Thank you very much. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.